Amen. Amen. God bless you on today. This is Pastor Derek Fletcher with Derek Fletcher and Iyani Fletcher. And this is Yes and Amen You. And so on today, we have a great lesson talking about Jesus. And it says here, Jesus is King. This is a so the lesson really is a, a complex uh, combination, and it, it addresses uh, three phases uh, of Jesus, his birth and his heritage, uh, the miracles uh, that he performed, his ministry and miracles. And then the other area is, uh, let's get to it here, Jesus's uh, coronation rejection and triumph. So it's a uh, dynamic lesson covering three areas, really. And so the the heritage and lineage, we're just going to do an overview of that. We're not going to necessarily read through it. What we're going to share, um, and it shows his lineage comes through King David and uh, uh, direct descendant from Abraham, uh, and and so that's key, uh, and uh, direct from King David. Also, so that lineage is is truly important. Okay, uh, we're gonna ask Derek Fletcher if he will pray at this time. Unmute and pray. How about that? Oh, I have my mic muted. My bad. All right. So can you pray? That means you got to start all over. Um, Father God, we thank you on a day for keeping us safe. Bless the children. Bless the children. Bless the children on today. And let them have faith. Let them have virtue. Father God, let them be blessed. Let all of us be blessed. Let those who worship in the name of God be blessed. Let there be rewards for every corner they they choose or every path they take. Father God, thank you for waking us up on today for another word. And I just want to say hallelujah and thank you, Jesus. Okay. Okay. All right. So today, the context of the lesson will come from Matthew. And so Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In the book of Revelation, it speaks about him coming back. <clears throat> and on his uh, crown, it's going to say King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And then on the uh, uh, hip, part of his skirt of his uh, overgarment it's going to say king of kings and lord of lords 
And so uh, today we want to uh, make sure you understand that Jesus, the king <laughs> of your life, he's the king of your life. He's the guided post. He is the prime example. Let's, let's make sure my, my, yeah. So evangelism, share Jesus with your friends. Okay. Knowing Jesus and leadership. You must be a leader and represent the principles of the Bible. If the Bible says don't lie, lead out and don't lie. If the Bible says that a man should marry a woman and a woman should marry a man, and, and that's what the Bible says, we lead out with that. Those are choices that we make. And that's what the, the Bible ingrains and shares and knowing Jesus, that he is king, he is Lord, he is our salvation uh, avenue. He's the only way. All right. So let's take a look here at Matthew 4 and 17. And it says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of Heaven has come. All right, let's say that again. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. All right, any questions uh, referencing this uh, context? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. You guys hear that? Okay, unmute your mic. Yeah. We can share this together. Matthew 4 and 17. Matthew, Matthew 4 and 17. 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. From that, From that time, time on, Jesus began, began to preach. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent, for the, for the kingdom of heaven has the come near. Of heaven has come near. Okay. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven. For the kingdom of heaven. Has come near. Has come. Okay. All right. So now. We did the prayer. So so I'm just going to freeze frame this so you can look at it. It's talking about like plan checkers, etc. It's a group activity. So I'm going to just pause it for a minute. You can collect the data and do what it says.
Okay, as we study the gospel according to Matthew, we will discuss how uh, Matthew portrays Jesus as a king. This is a big deal for his readers. Okay? So Jesus as king. This is super important that you understand that. So we're going to dig in a little bit. And so we're going to look at the gospel uh, at the time when uh, godless men rule Rome. And so kinship, and I talked a little bit about that, kinship, kingship, okay? So in their case, leaders were called Caesar, Caesar, okay? So was a big deal to the recipients of the letter. In fact, readers of Matthew's gospel would have been very familiar with the persecutions uh, suffered at the hands of Caesar and his government throughout the empire. One of the key things to remember is the people were looking for Jesus to set them free from Roman rule. And that's part of the reason they were upset in the Sanhedrin and, you know, they had him crucified, but that was a part of the plan that God had uh, of the good news of the gospel. Okay, so throughout the letter, Matthew reminds believers that Jesus is the one true king. Okay, so Matthew, his structure and language point to this encouraging reminder. Okay, so so this one we're going to overview. We're, we're not necessarily going to read it. And uh, so it says here, this is the genealogy of Jesus, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So we can trace him back from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and uh, uh, Judah, okay? And, and so this is basically what it does. It traces it back. And so Judah, the father of Perez, and Zerah, whose mother it was Tamar. All right, so <clears throat> I'm just going to scroll through this slowly. We're not necessarily going to cover this, but at your leisure, I want you, this is your homework assignment. So I want you to read Matthew 1, uh, 1 through 24. So it, so it points to uh, the obedience of Abraham. And when God spoke to him, it says that he's going to make him the father of many nations. Not only that, that his seed will uh, outnumber the stars in the sky. Then he says, matter of fact, Abraham, Abram, Abraham, he said, your seed's going to, uh, be greater than the dust on the earth. And so when he spoke to Abraham, it was not only about the natural seed of his loin, but it was about the seed of the kingdom, which was to come through Jesus Christ. Okay. So it's a very important thing for you to remember. And it just kind of takes you through all those. I mean, the Bible validates itself through history, through bloodline, and then the continuity of verses 
that the men that wrote it were inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, and, and, and in different ages and different dispensations, glory to God. And, and so we see here uh, where it kind of picks up, and I'm, I'm going to read this part of it, and then we're going to get into the rest of it. But this is great scripture, and this these are areas that point to history, point to time, and then it shows bloodline. Amen. And so here uh, it says here, uh, let, let's make sure we give context. So Matthew 1 and 18, and this is now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. This is how the birth of, the, of Jesus, the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, right? We talked about the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name of Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. What, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. All right, so here, we definitely have a few scriptures to tackle. And so in uh, Matthew 8, uh, Derek, I, I want you to read verses 1 through 8, 1 through 8. And then, Yanni, you're going to read 8 through uh, 17. Um, you said 1 through 8? 1 through 8. All right. Matthew when 8, Jesus, 1 through 8. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, Largo, oh, Largo, excuse me, large crowds followed him. A man with less leprosy leprosy came leprosy leprosy and knelt before him, kneeled 
kneeled. Does that say kneeled? Yes, kneeled. Okay, kneeled before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus uh, reached out his his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his lep leprosy. Listen to what I'm saying. Lep leprosy. Yeah. Uh really? What's wrong? Hold on. Uh, okay, there we go. Um, lep leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, "See that you don't tell anyone. Um, but go yourself to the priest and go offer. Go show the yourself. Go show yourself. Oh, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them." When Jesus, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, Capernaum, yes, a centurion, centurion, did I read that right? Yes, centurion came to him, asking for help. Lord, okay, Lord, he said, my servant lies at home. Paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, Shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. Okay, Jan. For I am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you, that many will come to the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Centurion, go, let it be done, just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. When Jesus came into the into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law laying on the bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed, were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. 
This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. Okay. All right, so here uh, we're going to read, and let me see here. We're going to do this like this. Okay. Okay, so Derek, you're going to read 23 through, oh, oops, hold on a minute. <laughs> I should have you read all of that, though. All right, so you're going to read 23 through 28, and then, Yanni, you're going to read 27 through 34. All right? Matthew 9. Can't hear you. I can't hear you. Oh, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. So 23 to through 27, you said? Um, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, um, oh, wait, hold on. Okay, suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves wept over the boat, but, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the the winds and the waves and it was completely calm the men were amazed and asked what kind of man is this even winds and waves obey okay i want you to read 28 as well all right when he arrived at the other at the oh, other okay. side Uh, son, okay. we can't hear you. I know it's it's glitching out for some reason. I don't know why. What's glitching out? The 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 text. Is it? Okay, there might be a problem with the internet. Maybe, but uh, 
28. Uh, when he arrived at the other side, the region of the ga- Gadder, Gadder, Gatherings, Gatherings, two demon possessed men coming from coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that could pass that way. Okay, Yanni. What do you want with the son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time began? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs. And the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending, those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town and reported all of all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed man. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. Okay, so so they they saw what Jesus was doing, and they said, you know, demon possessed folks were being saved and and uh, rendered, and the pigs were, uh, the demons were going into the pigs because he told them, they they said, hey man, said we want you to leave this region. Okay, all right, so all right, so Jared. In Matthew 9, I want you to read 1 through 4. And then, Yanni, I want you to read. Uh, well, we're going to have Derek read 1 through. Yeah, yeah. 1, 2, 1, 2, 3, 4. And then, Derek, you're going to read. I mean, Derek, you're going to read 1 through 4. And then, Yanni is going to read 5 six, seven, and eight. Okay, sorry about that. Matthew nine. All right. Um, trying to zoom in. Okay. Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some Excuse me. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the men, he said to the man, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow blas- blaspheming this is this fellow is blaspheming 
Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? Okay, Yanni. Which, okay. Yanni, five through eight. We can't hear yeah, you. I, I know my screen keeps moving sideways and back to in a different direction. Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe. And they praised God, who had given such authority to man. All right, let's do the math on this. Uh -uh. Mistake. Okay, Derek, you're going to read 18 through 26, and then 27 through 34. It's what Yanni's going to read. So 27 through 34. Huh? 18 through 26. Okay. Um, while he was saying this, a synagogue. Okay. A, a synagogue, a synagogue. came and And knelt, knelt okay. before him, and said, "My daughter has, my da my daughter has just died, but come and put your your hand on her, and sh and she will live." Jesus got up and went. Hold on. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Okay, really? And so did his disciples. Yeah, I know. It's buggy. Okay, there we go. Just then, a woman who had been subject sub subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. Okay. 
going. Okay, there we go. Uh, Sashi has his cloak. Oh my gosh, all this glitching is making me miss worry. Okay, let me just... Uh... Okay. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman has healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue, sing, synagogue, 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 sing, synagogue, synagogue, leaders house, synagogue leader's house, and saw the noisy crowd and and people playing pipes. Yes. Wasn't I just supposed to read until 23? You're supposed to read up to 26. I heard 23. Um, up to 26. Okay. All right, then. He said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand. Okay, there we go. And she got up. News of this spread all th uh, through all the region, through all that region. Okay, Yanni. Yanni, we can't hear you. Oh, you can't? No, start from the beginning. It was 28, right? Daddy. 27, start with 27. Oh. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this. But they went all out and spread the news about him all over the region. While they were going out, a man who was possessed, who was demon possessed, and could not talk, 
was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this had ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, it is by the prince of demons, and he drives out demons. Okay, so I, I want to share something. Uh, and it says, uh, uh, and Jesus said this, he said, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So the Pharisees were off base. They were off base because they said, it's by the prince of demons that he drives out demons, right? Satan would not drive out his own uh, legions in someone, okay? So that's a place of error, and it's not uh, like the right place, okay? So so I just want to share that with you so you guys can understand uh, what's going on here, okay? All right, so this one is critical, and we're going to read through this one, too. So I'm just going to, uh, well, you know what? Let's do this right here. Let, let's just read this because um, the questions are what we want to do. So uh, if, you, if you can divide up into three groups and then capture your third group, capture these scriptures right here. Um, and uh, read through them, then you can address the questions. Uh, so what do you guys, uh, I think that we're going to go through, we're not going to read this portion of it because for a different group, uh, but I want to I wanna do a encapsulation uh, of it. Uh, so just remember that, read through the, all those scriptures if you have a third group and you're doing it this way. And so here, uh, is when Jesus uh, arrives and there's large crowds and he's riding through the city on a uh, coat and they're throwing blankets, palm leaves, and they're saying Hosanna to the highest, right? So very much like a coronation of a king, okay? And that's why I talk about that. And scripture talks about that he would ride in the city on a white coat, okay? His coronation, all right? And then the very next day, they reject him, right? And 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 the, they reject him because of the what the Pharisees and the Sadducees had to say and they had to do, right? They grabbed him up and, and you know, he went before Caesar, uh, well, Pontius Pilate, really. Um, and he says, hey, um, this man's not guilty. I'm giving him back to you. And so that's the area where he was rejected. Okay. And let's let's go down. And I'm doing summaries of this. Uh, so Jesus curses the fig tree. Okay. And so they begin to question Jesus' authority. Who gave him authority to do this and who did that okay but jesus was called and, and you can see he demonstrated his authority uh and so they plot against him you all they plot to have him killed and you know uh 
I think it was like 30 pieces of silver that Judas betrayed him. Right. Let me see. With the chief priest. Right. 30 pieces of silver. He sells out Jesus, guys. All right. And so from then, uh, uh, Jesus watched for an opportunity to hand him over. And so Jesus sat with them and he broke bread and, and you know, they had they had wine, they had bread. And Jesus said uh, that one of you is going to betray me. Right. You, you're going to uh, turn me in. Okay. Not only that, but he tells Peter, he said, you're going to deny me. He said the, the uh, uh, cock crows three times. You're going to, you will be and have denied me. Okay. Now, Jesus here is in the garden of Gethsemane. Uh, uh, and so he says he's there and he has uh, uh, two of the disciples there with them. Well, I believe it's three, though, but it says here, too. He took Peter and two of the sons. Yeah, so it was three. Um, and they go with them to stay up and pray. And they fall asleep. And Jesus is like, hey, you can't stay up with me to pray. And so Jesus is going through this whole scenario, guys, where where he's uh, uh, the the rejection part. And, you know, and, and he's there. And he, he tells guys this. He says, nevertheless, I wish that this cup should pass me. But uh, then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Right. And, and so he accepts it. He says, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Right. And this, this is pivotal. This is a pivotal moment. Um, for me it is and so um, you know they left and uh, you know they were supposed to be praying etc so um, so you know Judas uh, points out Jesus with a kiss and a hug and uh, you know he's arrested right right he says here the one I kiss is the man, arrest him. Right? So Jesus is going through a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff here. Right? And Peter takes his sword out and gets to cutting and slicing. And Jesus tells him, hey, live by the sword, you die by the sword. Don't, don't buy into that. And so then Jesus goes before the Sanhedrin and they ask him, you know, says, hey, man, who are you? What are you following? What are you doing? You know, are you the Messiah? Who are you? Right. And Jesus says, hey, if you destroy this temple in, in three days, you know, my father's going to raise me up. And I'm kind of just kind of scanning through this. Uh, just kind of sharing it so you'll know. He says, hey, tell us, are you the Messiah? 
and just said, but I tell all of you from now on, you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one coming on the clouds of heaven. So Jesus said, hey, look, buddy, next time you see me, I'll be coming back. I'll be on the right hand of my father. Okay. And so here, then the high priest tore his clothes and said, he has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look now, you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? Right? Since he is worthy of death, they answered. Now, they, every year they can set someone free. Uh, and so they set free a murderer, but they kept Jesus. Right? Um, and so then they spit on his face. They struck him with their fists, right? Others slapped him and said, prophesy to us, Messiah, who hit you? Okay, so so they really do Jesus a disservice. And then Peter, when, when Jesus prophesied that, that Peter was going to deny him, he disowns him. Okay, you guys with me on that? And Judas, yes. he goes and hangs himself. All right. So Jesus is before Pilate. And Pilate is like, you know, then Pilate asked him, don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, even, not even a single charge to the great amazement of the governor. You know, he asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Like, what's up, Jesus? Right? And so Pilate, Pilate discovers, he says, hey, this guy hadn't done nothing. And, and he presents him back to the Sanhedrin. But here, his wife, you know, his wife sent him a message, right? Uh, while Pilate was sitting, on the judgment seat, his wife sends a message to him. He said, don't have anything to do with that innocent man for I have suffered a great deal today in the dream because of him, right? She's, she's telling him, look, man, see, this dude is innocent. Don't be responsible for having this guy killed. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas, right? to be, to be, and to have Jesus executed. So uh, uh, Barabbas was a murderer. He was a psycho. And they asked for him to be free, guys. And it says, hey, execute Jesus. Right? And that's kind of what they did. So, so Pilate, he washed his hands. He says, hey, says, I ain't got nothing to do with it. Give him back. And so the people said, these were the same people when he marched into the city on the coat and they were throwing down on the, on the donkey, white donkey. They were throwing down palm leaves. They were throwing down blankets. They were saying, Hosanna to the highest. These same people now are saying, crucify him, crucify him. Okay. All right. And so Jesus was mocked 
by the soldiers and etc. He was crucified, the crucifixion of Jesus. Now, on this on the place of the skulls, Galgoth is where they crucified folks. So Jesus was there. Right? And so they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with guile, but he 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 did not accept it. So let, let me talk about this really quick. So they were giving people that were crucified wine and it mixed with guile. Guile was a substance for them to numb the pain, right? Those that were being crucified, they're drinking the wine. So God was a numbing agent. So Jesus refused. He didn't want anything to drink. He wanted to feel the full pressure of Calvary's cross. All the pain, all the rejection, all of that. The sin and the weight of all mankind, guys. Right? And they crucified him. They, they cast lots for his clothes. Okay? Okay. All right, so I'm I'm doing the overview that way. You guys aren't like stuck reading it, saying nothing wrong. But but I'm I'm gonna have you read it later. So he's hung between two guys, one on the right, one on the left. Right. Horal inserts. One of them says, "Hey, uh, remember me this day," and 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 Jesus says, "Your name." He said, "You're gonna be with me in paradise this day." Okay. And so Jesus on the cross, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out and he says, Eli, Eli, lay my sabbatini, my God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? In this instance, the weight of death the, the scorn of sickness and disease, uh, the nature of sin was upon Jesus. And so God couldn't look upon that. So he turned his back on it. And so at his last breath, and he cried out, it says here, when some of those standing there heard it, they said, he's calling Elijah. Right, so the wine vinegar and on the staff and tried to give it to Jesus. The rest said, "How now? Leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him." All along, he's persecuted. All along, people are against him. But Jesus understood what his role was, and and the motivation behind what he was doing, which was giving himself for our hangups, for our sicknesses, for our sins, so that we could be free to operate. And they came and they placed Jesus, you know, they put him in a tomb, a borrowed tomb. They sealed in and etc. right? Okay. And so the women, they watched for a, from a distance all that was going on, Mary Magdalene. 
Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, the mother of Jebedee's sons. Okay. So he's buried. Guard at the tomb. Jesus is raised up, guys. Okay. He's raised up. Not only is he risen, but he's in victory. He has the keys to death, hell, and the grave, guys. All right. So that was the Reader's Digest form of that. Okay. So summarize your passage for us. Okay. So mainly, I just did a summary of the crucifixion. So do a summary for me about the miracles in your own voice. Somebody, anybody. Okay, summarize your passage that you read. Well, it was all about how people, in my definition, or in my opinion, I wouldn't say definition, it was mostly about how how just like how people can turn how like people can turn on you so hot um like it's hard to explain it's just like how the people decided to turn on him when they yeah. thought that he, that he was a lie or wasn't real or not real just was yeah. a lie yeah yeah okay okay so so how you ever experienced that you ever experienced that where people just turn on you? No. You never have? Well, guess what? I have, and it doesn't feel good, but you don't, you do not allow that place or that feeling to keep you from being successful in the things of God. You keep going. You keep working things out, okay? All right. All right. So what do you know about the Roman Caesars, Yanni? Oh, I skipped one. I skipped one. Um, how does uh, content like this support Matthew's cause for portraying Jesus as king? And so we did the part about his... Uh, Ministry and Miracles. Um, and I'm just going to highlight this so you can see this part of it. So what do you think about it? Talks about genealogy, right? He taught ethics and values. He proves his authority through what? Miracles? Demonstrations? Demonstrations. Yeah. And, and they were miracles. Okay, Derek, what do you know about the Roman Caesars? Uh, um, they were like the rulers of the people. They were like the rulers of the people. Okay. Anything else? Um, they were like, um, 
I guess you could say they were considered like the uh, most worshipped thing in in the uh, city. Like the there was like uh, no one against them, or or, or uh, besides them. Like uh, there was no other like uh, god. You could say like they were the main people who like um were supposed to be revolved around. Okay, they were they were considered supreme leaders, almost like gods, right? Yes, in a way. At least that's what they sold the people in society, right? Am I right? Am I wrong? Yeah. Okay. So they were the ultimate final authority. How is Matthew's description of Jesus as king similar to the descriptions of the Caesars in that day, Yanni? It was different. It was uh, similar because... Everyone had a different description because some people thought something and some and other people thought something else. Okay. Anything else you want to add to it? He had authority over men. Say it or again. He, he had authority over everyone. Okay. had authority over everyone. Okay. So have you ever really considered Jesus to be king? Yes. That's for both of you guys. Okay. So why do you well, think I mostly God to be king? But yeah, sure. We we can we can we can say Jesus is king. Because okay, let's look at it. Let's look at it from this perspective. Let's look at it from this perspective. The kingdom of heaven, which is operational in heaven, but also on the earth. Kingdoms have rulers. And the rulers are kings. Okay. All right. All right. So, 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 why do you think this is a title we we don't often emphasize? Right? Why? Why is it that that folks don't see it that way? What do you think? Or why do you think? Hmm. I'm not really sure, actually. Not really sure. Okay. Okay. So, so which part of John's life and ministry seems the most king-like? I mean, Jesus, most king-like. And, and what about uh, the least king-like? So, so what are some things that he did? What do you think? 
some sick people. He's healed people who are, you know, possessed. And he cured, yeah, demon possessed people and he cured the sick. Okay. A girl that was bleeding. All right. Anything else? All right. Cool. So, if you were in Matthew's intended uh, first audience, do you think uh, you would have brought into this argument that Jesus is the one true king? Why or why not? Let's take a look. Oh. Oh, that's like open uh, dialogue. Okay, so I'll go first. So to me, the open dialogue by blood and birth validates Jesus' lineage uh, to Abraham and every king and true king uh, can identify and see their bloodline that goes back to their family trait. All right, so that's my answer. Who's next? Okay, Jared, you're a go. Um, Bye. Sorry, it, it, it muffled out. What were you saying? I said that... Jesus bloodline identify him as king and ruler yeah. from the natural and that it shows him in his birth that goes all the way back to Abraham. Yeah, I, I, I know that, but what did you say after that? Because that one muffled out. It did? Uh-oh. I don't know. What oh, did I say? Huh? You said like bye or something. Did I say that? Okay. Let's I don't see know. If I can... It yeah, muffled so, out the so... last part you said mm -hmm. earlier before you just said that whole sentence. Okay. And it just muffled out when you said okay. Did it? Yeah, I, I think the internet and there's interference, so it's taking a bunch of data hits. So, all right. So, so for me, we look at the bloodline that shows Jesus uh, the path all the way back to Abraham, and so the promise of a savior and a kingdom referencing seed in Jesus Christ. So it points that it points back to the natural uh, genealogy and bloodline referencing Jesus. So every king 
can just about point their bloodline back to their original uh, uh, ancestors or uh, previous, you know, like their father, grandfather, etc. Okay. Any questions about that? Well, we I didn't hear from you, Yanni. I still don't hear from you. I didn't hear Derek either. Did? Okay, I'll go back to him. It's your turn right now. I think that God, God traces his bloodline back to God. Okay. So Which there's two the two king areas. Of all kings. Yeah. Okay. King of kings, Lord of lords. So there's two bloodlines. One is a spiritual through the Holy Ghost. And the other one is the blood, the stream, the natural blood order. All right, you finished, Yanni? Yes. Okay, Derek. Your go. Well, I was going to say by uh, spirit, you know? Okay, by spirit. You know, because since he died for, like, you know, everybody's sins. Okay. There's got to be something in there that says, oh, hey. Uh, there's something related to us and Jesus. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anything else? Mm, no. Not All that right, I can think of at the moment. Huh? Nothing that I can think of at the moment. Okay. Awesome. So So what do you guys think? Okay, let's look at this part of it. Let's go down. So authority, is there a really essential question? Uh if Jesus is going to rule as king over our lives, who's in charge? Who's in charge? God. I'd say Jesus. I'd say both. Yeah, they, they work together. They work together. Do you like oh. being told what to do? Not all the time. Sometimes I like to take initiative for myself. Okay. Okay, what you think?
what do you think it is uh, that makes most people want to do their own thing and not be told what to do? Because some people think that they know better. Okay. Some people may say, well, I believe or I think I know I can take care of it. Not actually taking care of it. Okay. At that time, they may be confident, but in reality, it's just that, well, you can't. Okay. So who do you think, who, who do you allow to have authority over your life? Because here's the thing, guys. Either you let Jesus have authority or you're taking authority. Are you letting someone else take authority over your life? That's why, okay, let's take a look at this right here really quick. So we are our individualistic, selfish, prideful, all those areas. That's the, that's the fleshly part of us. But to do great things, oftentimes you need parents, teachers, coaches, etc okay doesn't say well my friends right or the kids that i play with or the kids in my class where right so who do you allow to have authority in your life okay so i'm going to share this and this demonstration is not pointed to any individual but it's, this is situational. It's a great situational thing to share. It's time to go to my next class. But the students in my next class are all hanging outside in the hallway. The teacher is in the class and waiting for the students to come in at the designated time, the time of authority. But the students wait 10 minutes and then come into the class. Is that is that a good methodology or guidance for the appropriate authority over your life? Are you letting the rules and what the teacher has established guide you? Or are you letting your friends guide you? Is that the right way or the wrong way to do something? That's a question. Wrong. Wrong. Why is it wrong? Because you're hanging out with your, because you're letting your friends manipulate you. Okay. Or the impression that the group is doing it, so I'm going to do it too. Right? In the beginning of the lesson, I mentioned to you, you have to be leaders in Christ Jesus. And you have to demonstrate the authority of what the word of God says and not the left or the right. You got me? Yes. Okay. So why do you give them that position? 
So, so why do you give? Okay, so so in this case, this is a two-way thing, I think. Do you give friends, dominance and positions and authority over your life? Or do you allow coaches and teachers and parents to help guide you in life? This is very important that I'm sharing it with you because sometimes people think that parents don't want them to grow and don't want them to be successful in specific areas. And they get the wrong idea. And then folks rebel. They follow their friends. They get into trouble. Some get pregnant. Some wind up getting weird and, and crazy tattoos. Others get caught into drugs. Others get caught into witchcraft and demonology. All right. Any, any questions about that? There are other kingdoms of authority on the earth. Either you're following the kingdom of Christ or the kingdom of the world. If you're following your own kingdom, your kingdom is of the world, okay? So do you think Jesus demonstrates understanding, empathy, compassion, and kindness in such a way that he deserves to be trusted with authority in your life? Okay, so... Authority given is hinged on trust, right? In order for you to be coached, in order for you to be taught, you have to trust the source. Most teenagers take authority from their friends. Your friends, not necessarily, they could be, but they're not necessarily a trusted source. Okay, why is that? Why do you think that is or not? You guys are quiet on me. Okay, let me explain it. Your friends only been on the earth as long as you have. And so they're, their level of experience in life is just as limited as yours. Now, if you got a group of friends and they're doing positive things, they're showing up for class on time, they're doing ethical and things that are right, that's a good group to be a part of. But you must weigh the choice of your decision. You must weigh the choice of every decision you make, ultimately, okay? Doesn't matter what your friends are doing. Doesn't matter what other groups are doing. If you are saying that you are in Christ, Jesus is your King and your Lord, you're accountable to 
the statutes, you're accountable to the authority up under the hand of the kingdom of God. You guys are really quiet on this stuff. So what do you think it means to truly give the control to Jesus and let him rule and reign in your heart and in your life? We'll start with Derek and then Yanni. What do you think that means? Well, did you say something, Derek? Yes. What'd you say? Are you talking? I I don't hear nothing that you're saying. No, my mic is on. I'm just thinking. Well, I don't really, I don't really know. Um, I'm going to need you to answer that question. R read it's the question. Now, I'm going to need you to address it. This is a personal question guided to you and what's in your heart. Well, okay, how about I say it like this? I want to say he mostly takes let, let me read the question again because why do you think what do you think it means to truly give the authority to Jesus and let him rule and reign in your heart and in your life it's it's a it's a personal question to you about letting Jesus have control. Well, Jesus has always been in my life. He's always been there when I needed him most, especially through hard times. He's never really gone. And he's never really, you know, never, never really left. Okay. He's always there to listen to a, your 
I wouldn't say demands, more like your your agony, your pain that you're feeling. He's always been there, listening, giving you guidance or signs. It's it's just a, a matter of um, knowing where you've, uh, or just knowing where you stand in the place of the Lord. Knowing that I'll always love you and no matter what, just give praise to you. Okay, Yanni. Yes. Answer the question. I think it means to let Jesus rule over your life. Okay, in what ways? Like, let him guide you in the right direction. Okay. See, this this is a very personal question, and you guys are like nervous to answer it. Okay, um, okay, Yanni, read read this right here, Matthew nine four through eight, please. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, "Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart?" Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to stay, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to give us sin, to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go walk, go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God who had given given such authority to man. Huh? What do you mean? Huh? Who has authority? And, and who gave it? God. When your parents are coming down on you, you're not sure why. Who has authority? This has been given to you? God. When you're in a spot and you feel all alone, you're specially made, Derek. And who's giving you authority? God. Okay. So Jesus has the authority to forgive our sins and heal our bodies. It is up to us to do what? 
serve. It is up to us to do what? To serve. Okay, or to just serve. Trust in him. Okay. To trust him. Trust him. When we entrust him with authority in our lives, Jesus does incredible work in us and through us. So what are some ways you've seen Jesus work in your life in the past? What are some ways you've seen Jesus work in your life in the past? I guess you guys don't have any ways. So, Jesus has worked in my life through many a challenges, through many of heartbreaking moments. Okay. So, why do you think Jesus sees fit to work in our lives? Okay, let's go back to this right here. Oh, I got to give a live example. So, I was getting off of active duty and I was moving to a place, moving to a place I'd never lived before. Didn't really know a person out here. And so I moved, I've never been out to the West. And I, so I moved to Arizona. Any questions about that? So why do you think God sees fit to work in our lives? His love for us, mercy, faithfulness, but also because he works for us to do, and he is preparing us for that work. Who are some people, lives obviously worked in, that Jesus worked in? What about the disciples? What about Mary Magdalene? What kind of work does Jesus do in people? Derek, read the read the captions here. Um
Do you know this like by Jesus? Probably because they don't believe or uh, they don't pray or. What about healing? What about correction? Does that mean they've already been healed? Some people haven't been, but they need to be. Um. What about confronting? What about forgiveness? So why do you think Jesus sometimes doesn't work in people's lives? Any takers for that one? When they don't accept Jesus as Lord over their lives. Okay. So what... What if they accept Jesus as Lord of their lives, but they feel like they are still having some struggles? What about that? All right, let's go to the next uh, two scripture uh, citations. Uh, so, Derek, the, to, the two next verse citations, can you please read this for me, please? Um, and they took offen offense at him, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Okay. <laughs> So he didn't do miracles there because what? The people lack faith. The one area to get God activated through Jesus Christ is by faith. By faith, okay? Bottom line is we have to let Jesus work in us. We have to yield and surrender to him. He will not force himself on us. He's not that kind of king. Okay. All right. He's a wonder. He's a wonder. Triumph when we consider the kingship of Jesus, the end of the story is victory. In fact, he is the king of kings, he wins. There's no other way around it. All kings conquer.
but Jesus did not use a sword or an army. He triumphed. He triumphed with the cross and an empty grave. You, do you hear me? Yes. That's a little bit different kind of warfare. Okay. Um, Derek, we'll have you read this right here since you only had two verses back there. Say 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17. 2 Corinthians 2, 14, 14 through 17. But thanks to God who always leads us as captives in Christians' triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere for we are to god the pleasing aroma of christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing to the one we are in aroma that brings death to the other aroma that brings life and who is equal to such a task Unlike so many, he do, we do not peddle the word of God for profit on the contrary. In Christ, we speak before God with sincerity as those excuse me, as those sent from God. Hey, that's an awesome really an awesome verse to end on i think because god is looking for sincerity no no baffling things about money or profit or how to enslave people he says i i've come that you might have life and that more abundantly right so in him is life and the abundance of life okay so why is there a triumphal progress uh, progression according to that scripture? Why do you think that is triumphant or triumphal means victory? All right, because of Christ. Okay, Yanni, what is the result of this progression? Victory. Okay. In our victory, how are we commissioned? Commissioned has to do with assignment or area of assignment. Okay. All right, Derek. Hmm. Number three. Okay. Read the question and answer it. In our victory, how are we commissioned? Okay. To spread the message of Jesus everywhere, not as a conquering army that kills the living, but as a conquering but as a conquering people who cause the dead to come to life. 
Okay, say it again. Repeat in what our you victory, said. In our victory, how are we commissioned? To spread the message of Jesus everywhere, not as a conquering army that kills the living, but as a conquering people who cause the dead to come to life. Okay. Okay, okay. Uh, Yanni, how has Jesus triumphed in your life? Where are you celebrated a victory? Where have you celebrated a victory recently? I don't know. Oh, you don't know? A victory recently. What about, what about when the kid called you a like a uh, a a name or you heard that somebody said that he called you out a name the n-word what about that was she was jesus with you yes do you think you came out with victory yes no, yes, no, okay. No. No, you didn't? No. You didn't come out with victory? Why? Because nothing really happened. Okay, so this is an example. So just because someone said it, don't make it true. Or just because someone said it and there were no witnesses or no one stood up, we don't know the facts, right? So they couldn't do anything because no one stepped forward, okay? When it came down to it, the people you thought that were your friends that came to you with the information, or they might be your friends, they didn't witness it. They just heard it. Okay? So, All right. It's just a rumor until it's proven. Now, they might have said it, and they lied. But ultimately, we have the victory in Jesus Christ. You Do you hear me? Yes. Yes. So don't be sad about it. Keep living your life. Some victories come through peace of mind. There's victories that I experience every day that other people don't see and know. Do you understand me? Yes. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead. And um, so as we can see, Jesus is the king. He is in Matthew and other places in scripture, the king of kings. But is he the king of your life? Is he the king of your life? That's a question. Yes. Yes. You can answer that. But I want to pray it's true in your life today. Let's pray. Father, 
we glorify you. We thank you for today. Today was a complex lesson, but a necessary lesson. Our relationship is in you. Our hope is in you through Jesus Christ, our commitment and our obligation. So we stir up the gifts that are within us, that we are hungry for you, that we are hungry for your word, that we are hungry to learn about our purpose in and through you. You are King of Kings and you are Lord of Lords. We have everything that we need in you. So open up our eyes of understanding, help us and manifest to us all the hope and glory. You have commissioned us and called us. And Father, we thank you for today. We glorify you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. All right. Glory, glory. So, amen. We thank God for you on today. Today was a, a, a complex, lengthy lesson, but beneficial. It points to the fact that we are kingdom and heirs, joint heirs, heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen. So we walk in the fullness of his authority over us and in us. And we thank God for today. We thank God for all the birthright that we have in him. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. Oh, I prayed again. Oops. All right. So we thank God for you. This is Pastor Derek Fletcher with Derek Fletcher and Yanni Fletcher with Yes and Amen Youth. God bless you on today.